Boom shakalaka lak. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Super Travis Man, and my co-host, Michael Infra Hamilton. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing today, Michael? Uh, you know, not not nothing to complain about. I wish um, I wish we got an opportunity to record yesterday. Because yesterday was a very special day within the yeah. fandom. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, schedules didn't line up that way. So it's just kind of what happens. Um, but yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's been it's been a good day. Went to church this morning, came home, uh, ate some lunch, took a nap. Uh, napped a lot longer than I expected. Uh, got up, watched a little bit of TV. Super lazy day, you know, not nothing, but I don't do a whole lot on Sundays either, or I don't do a whole lot on Sundays anyway, uh, except for record podcasts. So usually recording day, it was usually, usually Sundays are recording day for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were going to record yesterday because we had, I had a very packed schedule today, but, uh, things didn't work out, but, uh, yeah, yesterday being Ultraman day would have been a, would have been a fantastic time that dates this episode. Hello, uh, future people. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I don't know what else to do other than to just jump straight into the news. All right, let's cue the beady beady. Let's cue the beady beady. All right, so we only have a couple of uh, bits of news this week, but they're all Ultraman related, of course, because of, of Ultraman course. Day. Yeah, seems appropriate. Yep. Uh, the first bit of news is we have an official announcement on a release date for the Netflix Ultraman anime season two. It's coming in August. It's about gosh darn time. It is. It really is. Because it's been a while. Like, like that series was back in 2019, and here we are halfway through 2021, and they're still... And, and, and it's done. Like, they, they have it done and ready, because it was supposed to come out, like, uh, I think last year, <laughs> and then the pandemic happened. So, I mean, just... Well, let I'm me just, ask you, and this, this is... Uh -huh. I know I understand why I understand what held up Ultraman Z because that is a uh, that is a um, live action show. Right. I'm wondering how I'm wondering what what it was about the pandemic that affected the release of Ultraman anime though. Yeah, it seems a little weird since it's it was going to Netflix and it was uh you know it, finished it, yeah it was finished and everything so i don't know um the only thing i can think of is maybe its release in japan was delayed and they want to make sure that it gets released in japan at the same time that it gets released in the u.s and mm -hmm. because you know it is a japanese production and stuff it's it is you know and so and I know Japan has been hit pretty hard with the pandemic and is still getting hit pretty hard right now. So I don't know. I right. don't know. Um, but I'm just glad they're finally getting around to it. They are going to be doing a kickoff uh, celebration for it 
in August where they are interviewing some of the cast and talking to, I think the director or producer or somebody of it and everything uh, all leading up to its official release on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I love, I think you and I, uh, you and I were both big fans of season one and I'm looking forward to season two. Uh, yeah. because it did end with a little bit of a it ended with a little bit of a cliffhanger mm-hmm. and I want to find out what the cliffhanger was yeah and I'm too lazy to read the manga that tells me what the answer is uh- <laughs> that is true I was I believe if I'm not mistaken I was in the bookstore the other day and I actually did see the Ultraman manga uh, mm. it was on the shelf and I could have looked but I didn't uh, because I keep- I keep wanting to start right. reading it, and then I just I end up like no, no, because then I'll 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 know what's coming, and I want to watch it in the anime. So I think I'll watch the anime first, then go and read the manga. So I just like I, I know I, I know keep, a I, few people who have huh? I know a few people who have watched them are not watched who have read the manga, and they say what's coming is really interesting. Yeah, and that's well, all that they'll t- that's all that's all that I will allow them to tell me. Yeah. Well, we know one thing and that's and that's because it was in the kind of preview trailer for the for season 2 and that is Ultraman Taro, the the updated mm-hmm. kind of alternate version of Ultraman Taro. I you know yeah. you as a you, you're not into comic books like I am. So this this may go, not come across to you or you may not understand this but anybody who's listening to uh to this who knows comic books hello fake nerd podcast um <laughs> uh this this series of ultraman always reminds me of the ultimate marvel universe uh so like ultimate spider-man ultimate fantastic four ultimate uh um what else is it? Ultimate X-Men, um, the Ultimates, which was the Avengers, uh, because what they did in the early 2000s was, you know, the Marvel Marvel comic books had been going since the 60s and there had been so much happening and so much history and these these characters have been around for so long. They decided to reboot them kind of in a sort of way they kept the original ones going but they created like an alternate universe where they could retell the origins in kind of a modern setting and and kind of do interesting things with them i always liked the idea behind it the execution didn't always work out sometimes it did sometimes it didn't but uh, I always liked that idea of you have your like like Spider-Man, you have your classic Peter Parker Spider-Man, but then you also have this alternate version that is completely different than the original one. And the villains are you're talking about uh, you're talking about Morales. Is it what is it? What's the kid's well, first name? Miles Morales. That That is where he comes from. But it did start out with Peter Parker. Uh-huh. OK, yeah. So um, but it was just an, an alternate version of Peter Parker. Um, you know, because the the regular Peter Parker had been in, it had already been through college and was an adult and everything, and had been divorced and everything. Uh, the uh, mm. the the ultimate version when they did it in the two thousands was back to high school, just starting out, all this kind of stuff. So so it was just kind of like a a way of retelling it, but also kind of they changed a few things and made things a little bit different, and interesting. I always liked, I always like alternate versions of characters. Uh, and so for this series, this Ultraman series, it's fun knowing 
you know, like knowing that Ultraman Taro is a thing. And then we get to see mm -hmm. the kind of the anime version of that and see how they how they have interpreted Taro in this uh, in this kind of world that they've built with, you know, with the suits, the power suits instead of, you know, giant alien, you know, aliens and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I just, I find it interesting to look at alternate versions of characters. So I, I, that's one thing I do really like about the series. Yeah. I mean, I've re I really enjoyed sort of the, <clears throat> I, I enjoyed sort of the new take on the Ultraman series as well. When we watched the anime, because at that time you and I both had already started watching the original 1966, 1966 show. Mm -hmm. So we were still, pretty new on our ultra journey um through the franchise and we got to and we watched the anime and it was really interesting it was really interesting and really fun to see uh like you said the alternate characters and the sort of the new spin on characters and i don't mind uh honestly i don't mind new new takes on old characters because i think when you with a character as old as ultraman or godzilla or whoever that's been around for decades and decades and decades, <clears throat> you know, it's, there's only so much you can do. So anything that you can do to freshen things up is usually very appreciated and very welcome. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I didn't mind all of the redesigns of the monsters in, uh, in a uh, singular point. Cause it's like, yeah, I mean, no, I, I, yeah. I don't, I wasn't a fan of all of them, but at least, you know, it's like, uh, I don't mind an alternate version of these characters every once in a while because, hey, you know, that's, that's, they've been around for long enough. Let's, let's see something different. Even if it doesn't work, at least they're trying. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, exactly. Moving on to the next uh, bit of news. We had the first episode of Ultraman Trigger that came out. Connection of Light. It is now available worldwide on the Ultraman official YouTube channel. The Superaya official YouTube channel uh, right now. And uh, I haven't watched it because I haven't had time. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So I will not. Um, I wasn't sure. And I, I, I wasn't sure. So I, I'm glad you said that because now I can't. Don't spoil say it. something that I was going to say then. Don't spoil I, it. I, I, okay, I won't spoil it. I, I won't spoil it because I know it's still pretty. But at the time of this recording, it's still pretty new. So uh, we probably would have to give our listeners some time to watch it before we totally spoiled it for them. Um, but all I will say what all I will say is I did watch it uh, the other night when it debuted. I watched it along with millions of other people, and it was a lot of fun. It was a solid. It was a solid first. Uh, episode. I am not a hundred percent sold on our main protagonist. Um, in fact, I like Haruki more uh, mm. because I just like I, I like Haruki more because Haruki um, was sort of the everyman character. He was a little bit of a goofball, but you know he was mm -hmm. still pretty you know pretty average, pretty everyman. Mm, this one. Uh, I'm not completely sold on, honestly. I'm not completely sold on it yet. Although I'm willing to give it a shot because it's only the first episode. He may surprise me. Um, and we got a really interesting new antagonist for Ultraman to battle against. Um, and if it and if it continues the formula, I think that it, I think this series is going to go into some really weird kind of uh, unique directions. I'll say that because I can't say much else because I don't want to spoil anything. 
Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. I haven't. I just haven't had time. So um, I'm also interested to see uh, because this series is supposed to kind of connect or be connected to uh, to Tiga. In I don't know if that's I don't know if they're planning on directly connecting it to Tiga or if it's just kind of like a spiritual connection to Tiga. Um, but uh, I was talking. I, I think Nathan and I watched it together. And what I can gather, it is more of a spiritual connection to Tiga than a physical connection to Tiga. Than actual, okay, okay, then a direct connection. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know which way they were going to go, so I was looking forward to seeing which way they went. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm excited to see it. Uh, so we may share our opinions on it after I watch it. <laughs> sure. Well, by the time, well, by the time you share your opinion, by the time we share our opinions on episode one, episode two will already come out. So, uh, you're going to have to catch up. Yep. Yep. I am. I am. Uh, all right. Moving on to the next bit of news. Mill Creek Entertainment announced that the North, that in North America, we are going to get a DVD release of Ultraman Tiga, Ultraman Dinah, and Ultraman Gaia. So all three of mm-hmm. these series will feature the Japanese audio with English subtitles, an exclusive collectible spine mural, and episode guides. Just like the, the Blu-rays that we were getting for the other series, it's going to be very similar to that. Uh, the first series, Ultraman Tiga, is set to arrive on October 5th, and then the others are coming out later after that. Uh, so this is exciting. It's very exciting. From what I remember, Tiga is one of the most popular of the new generation here. I get, I think it's the new generation heroes is what the, is what the series is what this sort of era in Ultraman is classified as. Um, well, but it's definitely the Heisei, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited uh, because I actually remember Tiga coming on uh, American television back in the '90s. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, pretty excited about that. Uh, I think it was on JetX. I think, or I think that's what the channel was called, JetX or Toonami or something like that. Um, back in the day, if anyone remembers those, if anyone's old enough to remember those channels, um, I think JetX was a division of Disney. I think mm-hmm. maybe. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. The, I think there's the the only complaint that I've seen about this set online is something to do with. The omission of um, of Tiga, the Final Odyssey, I think it's what it's called, um, which is a mini series similar to what we just got from Mill Creek with the Mega Monster Battle, or the not sorry, the Mega Monster Battle, but the um, the uh, Ultraman Zero, the Ultraman Zero right, specials, right, right. Ultraman Zero DB, uh, Blu-rays that we just got. Um, and from what I can understand by talking to uh, people we know and just kind of doing a little bit of research online. It has something to do with some right with a rights issue to some of the music in the show, so we might get it eventually. We're just not getting it along with these other sets, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, from what I had heard, there was a lot of legal stuff going back and forth between uh, for Ultraman Tiga, and I think there was even a time when 
even Mill Creek was like, we are working towards it, but we don't know when we're going to get Tiga or when we're going to be able to get Tiga. And so now hearing that we're finally getting Ultraman Tiga, that's great because I never got to watch Tiga. I've seen like the first few episodes just because I went, you know, on my own and looked for them after, you know, getting interested in Ultraman, but I never watched it when it was coming on, you know, in America on American television and stuff back in the day. Um, the only other thing that I've heard, I've seen people kind of question and, and kind of eh about is that these are DVD, not Blu-ray. And that's because uh, the high definition versions of these shows just don't exist. And so they are releasing yeah. them out on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've heard too. I think, but it's, it's similar it's similar, but not quite the same as what we just got announced. What was the the an, the anime series and the uh, the anime series from the eighties? Is what I mean. Yeah, the anime yeah, series the and uh, uh, what was the other one? Ultraman eighty. Uh, mm-hmm. There is there actually is HD um, printings of that, but I think it has something to do with they want to be released in Japan first before Mill Creek can release them stateside. Right, right. But I, I think I think it's something to that effect. From what I've but, seen, because I've read, I read uh, the the um, official announcement from Mill Creek about this, and when they they have a little note in there um, that the 1080p uh, copies just do not exist of these shows, and yeah. so that's why Which, they are going the DVD route with them. Yeah, which is similar to um, which is similar to what what had to happen with the re release with re- with the release with the DVD releases of the Power Rangers series. Mm-hmm. Those shows just the the HD versions of those shows just don't exist. Right. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping because some of those some of some of the um, some of those DVDs or some of those shows some of those old '90s shows look kind of rough, um, even even on uh, DVD. Uh, or on more high-end DVDs, uh, but you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, we'll have to we'll have to buy it and we'll have to or we'll have to preview it and see what everybody else thinks. I'm probably I haven't pre-ordered it yet. Um, I'm still kind of mulling it over. I don't. I mean, I'm probably will eventually, but uh, you know, it is kind of a disappointment we're not getting Blu-ray because I do like Blu-ray, uh, but unfortunately, it is one of those things that you're just gonna take what you can get. Right. And it, it is kind of um, it is kind of disappointing as uh, the entire Showa collection of the of Ultraman has all been on Blu-ray. And now so mm-hmm. far, everything we've gotten from the Heisei era uh, has been kind of well, I mean, 80 is eh, not Heisei era, but close enough. But um, everything that uh, from that era is now been dvd release instead of blu-ray release uh, while i mean at least mm-hmm. at least we have access to this stuff like that's that's right just... yeah it, yeah i mean at least like you're right it, that's what i was getting ready to say at least <clears throat> at least we have access to it because unlike certain henshin franchises mm-hmm. um we have more access to ultraman than ever before uh, we have access to Sentai for more than ever before. Uh, and it's just unfortunate. And, you know, hopefully we'll get more Henshin Hero series, more access to like Common Rider and things like that, or more like access to things like that stateside. 
Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's so that's exciting. Uh, I finally get to see Tiga. Uh, I, I've never, like I said, I've never sat down and actually watched all of Tiga. So I'm really excited for it. Uh, but yeah, yeah uh, I don't think there's any more news to cover. Um, I, I was double checking to see if there was any other news that came out recently. And as far as I know, nothing major. So no, nothing, nothing uh-huh. that I know of. Um, I did a last minute check on the interwebs before we started recording. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a, it's it's a slow ish news week uh, as far as the rest of the kaiju as far as the rest of the kaiju fandom goes so maybe next week uh, because I think uh, we're we got San Diego comic-con coming next week or the online comic-con coming next week I think yeah uh, something like that uh, yeah. so we'll see maybe some news will come out of that maybe uh but whatever happens, we'll talk about next week. So we can move on to our main topic this week. And to get us onto the main topic, we're going to uh, look at the answers we got for our trivia question from last week. So the trivia question that we asked last week to hint to this topic was, what 1975 Hong Kong film drew inspirations from Henshin heroes like Ultraman and Common Rider? And we got just a few answers, not as many as we've had in the past, but we got a few of them, and there were some good ones. Uh, Nick mm-hmm. Blackler sent us Common Man. It has one of my favorite taglines. He's just a guy <laughs> that probably has some stuff to do at some point. He'll get to it. <laughs> and I like the poster that he sent along with it. The poster was really good, too. I like the poster. I like the poster too. I think it's, uh, I think that's the poster for office space. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's the, the, the poster for office space, but the, uh, the guy that's covered in post-it notes has the common writer <laughs> mask on. <laughs> uh, well done, Nick, as always. Yep. Yep. Well done. Uh, Madison Russell sent us invasion. All do internet. Der erde. Which I sounds like the I, Dutch version of Inframan. Dutch German, because I think I think Madison lives in Germany. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Um, I think so. I'm pretty sure that I, I'm pretty sure if she's listening, uh, and I get it wrong, please forgive me. But I, I'm pretty sure that Madison lives in Germany. Uh, so that, that is most likely the. Where are you at? Yeah. Where are you at, girl? So I think that is probably. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, No, you're fine. Uh, But I think that's that might be the Dutch or the German version, the German title for the film. Yeah. Um, Nathan from the Monster Island Film Vault sent us something that should be covered on Henshin Men Pod. Uh, Yes. Uh, we'll t- I-, I will talk about that at the end of the episode. Uh, Chinese Superman. No joke. That's the actual literal translation of the title. Uh, which it is. is Super Inframan. Yep. Yep. Yes, it is. It's true. Uh, Alex Sperling sent us Infrared Man, which is such a good one because it works on so many levels. Infrared, Red Man. I guess just on those two levels. Well, there. Well, there is already a red man. Yeah, that's why uh, I was saying it works on that level here. too. Yeah. And infrared. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So many levels. Very so layered. many layers. So many layers. So many layers, Alex. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Uh, Jimmy from NASA uh, said, NASA. I'm not, NASA, uh, said, I'm not great with Photoshop, but here you go. And it's uh, Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon Zord. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one and we'll get into that i think we'll get into that uh the guys that pr- the guys that made that produced this film that we're going to talk about there's a connection there so we'll get into it probably a little bit later yeah uh and then danny demana from the godzilla novelization project sent in sue boom for in boom for a boom man <laughs> i i, I, I there was know. a lot of booms in this yeah. movie yeah, I don't lots know of booms. I, lots of I, booms. At first, I it thought was he was bo- saying this movie boom. was the boom diggity. <laughs> I thought he at first I thought he was saying boo like he was trying to scare us, but uh, but no, no. Then I see uh-huh. it was boom. So okay, it's boom. Yeah, yeah. This this movie was definitely the boom diggity, boom diggity, boom shakalaka laka. Uh, boom <laughs> shakalaka laka. <laughs> 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 Elijah uh, from the Kaiju Conversation podcast sent us the super infra yeti nipple. That's just getting lazy. How long? Elijah. How hard did you have to work? It is a little bit lazy, but I'm going to ask him how hard did he have to work to fit yeti and nipple into that title? It's like what? What? Here's my impression of Elijah. Well, how can I fit yeti and nipple? <laughs> Into this movie title to continue the shtick. Love you, buddy. Oh, man. The Super Yeti Nipple Man. (laughs) Someone do fan art. Someone do fan art. Someone sent us in the fan art of the no, 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 no. Because the last time you asked for fan art, we actually got it. Yeah, I love it. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick, for sending in a drawing of the uninipple, uh, which is a unicorn. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Oh, that was great. It was. It was. It was a you know to be. It, it actually looked more like a, a, a horse with a with a baby nipple on top of it like a bottle nipple oh okay <laughs> Jesus. it was great it was great i love it so. not like an actual baby not like an actual baby okay nipple, uh like actual damon nipple. noise sent in the answer <laughs> super fooey the hong man of Kong. <laughs> <laughs> damon i always enjoy a good hong kong fooey reference it's just, i do i like hong i actually you know i, I wish that was I, one of my favorite cartoons as a kong, kid i think it's i think i think it's on hbo max if i'm I not mistaken because so they do have a lot of the old they have they have a lot of the old Hanna Barbera stuff so i'm yes they do. i'll have to go look after we get done recording yep i am pretty sure it is because i think i have uh looked on there and added it to my list because i am a huge Hanna Barbera fan but definitely yeah that was one of my favorites as a kid so i love a good hong kong gooey reference thank you damon and thank you everyone for answering that trivia question sidebar sidebar i did not realize that the 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 Hanna Barbera episodes were so short which is probably why 
they had to string so many of them together to fit that 30 minute time slot. Well, yeah, that, well, that was the thing because they were, they were always meant to be uh, a double, a double feature. Uh, so mm-hmm. you would get like space, I think space ghost was with, um, the dinosaur kid. Uh, and then you had the galaxy trio, which was with Birdman, if I remember right. And my tour was also with, I, I'm wanting to say Frankenstein Jr. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so they, they would always pair them together uh, and have, you know, they would play yeah. half the episode would be one, one uh, character and half of the episode would be the other one. So yeah, that's why they were. Yeah. Uh, well, I was talking, I was actually mainly talking about the other day I was watching Yogi Bear and I didn't realize that a lot of those were like seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like well, the individual yeah. episodes were only seven minutes long. Yeah, yeah, because they were basically played as like in between other shows type things. So yeah. Uh hey Boo Boo, I need some more Yogi Bear in my life. I need to fill a certain quota. I'm I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. That's why that's why Danny put Boo in in the it, 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 hey, Boo Boo. It's Super Inframan. Hey Boo Boo. Hey, boo-boo, we're going to go watch things go boom with Super Info Man. <laughs> so, yes, uh, the main topic this week is Super Info Man. It is from the Shaw Brothers production, which also is very famous for doing a lot of kung fu movies, uh, a lot of Bruce Lee movies. And I'm not going to read the cast and crew list because a lot of their names are in Chinese and I don't want to be disrespectful, uh, even though I have in the past read a lot of Japanese names and uh, been terrible at it. But anyway, so I decided to just skip the cast and crew list this week, but it is uh, and just uh, get to the plot breakdown. Michael, what is the plot breakdown for Super Inframan? Uh, I will tell you as soon as I pull it up here, because I actually had to find it. Uh, it's in a note somewhere. Uh, hang on. Uh, it better be worth it. It better be worth the wait. Oh, it's it's gonna, it gonna no, be it's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be worth it. Okay, out? here we go. Here we go. Here we go. No, 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 no. Hang on. I didn't. Hang on. Uh, no. Uh, hang on. No, I did not find it. <laughs> I, okay, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. I got it. I got it. I got it. <clears throat> When a NASA astronaut, USAF Colonel Steve Austin, is severely injured in a crash... Wait, hang on. This is not the right... (laughs) Uh, This is not the right plot breakdown. This is the plot breakdown to the $6 million man, which is kind of similar to this movie. We can rebuild Um, him. Hang. We can rebuild him. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The plot of this movie... No, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) okay so so okay (laughs) i don't know why i don't know why i'm laughing so much um so a chinese scientist kills a man and rebuilds him as a robot so that he can fight a dominatrix dressed as a lizard with a bunch of other monsters and eventually they save the world, but only after uh, they realize that the actual that if you if you launch missiles on yourself, 
it'll actually unthaw you from a deep freeze, which in, instead of killing you, which you would assume it would to begin with. But yeah, that's that's all I got for this one. Yeah, because this movie is nuts. There's, yeah, there's movie. a whole lot going on. There's a whole lot going on, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I needed a cigarette afterwards. <laughs> you know, for a for a, uh, and this will be my opening thoughts for a for a movie with a lot going on. What even is the plot? Like, there is no r- actual plot to this movie. It's just well, crazy antics. The- <laughs> The, the plot shifted a few times during the movie um, and the motivations of our villains shifted a few times during mm-hmm. the movie. Um, first it was, first it was, uh, we're going to take over the world by defeating this science place. And then we're going to render them helpless. And then we're, then we, then they split, then they switched their plot, which, this movie feels like it should have been like a mini series and not necessarily a movie because there was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like I said, it just feels like there's no plot. It's just things happening and none of it's interconnected really. So, uh, that's my, probably my biggest complaint about this, um, this movie, but, uh, yeah. Do you have any opening thoughts on it? Apparently I watched this twice. Uh, before this viewing, this last mm-hmm. viewing, and I don't remember it. Um, <laughs> I don't. I honest to God don't remember. I do, I don't remember watching it on Discord with you and Elijah. I promise. I don't. Re- I don't know what the heck was going on at the time. Um, that I could not remember this movie because I am sitting here and I am watching all of this chaos unfold, and I'm thinking how. Could I not remember this movie? Like, what kind of drugs was I on that I could not remember this movie? Um, uh, yeah. This is it is it is ugly. It is beautiful. It is it is just exciting. It is fun. It is just everything you would want for a genre film like this. And honestly, look. I was sitting here watching and they had to have a significant budget because those sets were intricate. Like, yes, I mean, there was a lot of money spent on this movie. Yeah, that's that's a good segue into our likes and dislikes, because that is one of the things that I put in my likes category that, yeah, the quality of the of the sets and the monster suits and, and everything and some of the even some of the special effects that's in it are like really good for the era like even better than my much beloved common writer which is hard to say but uh but yeah oh, yeah even- the, the the monster the monster suit designs in this one are as campy and as cheesy as they are or actually better than some of the common writer suits and even some of the sentai suits that uh came before or was around this time as well Right. Yeah. And uh, and actually, the, the reason for that is because uh, they tapped a Japanese studio to provide some of the um, the the monsters and the and the uh, sets and costumes and stuff. Uh, it's Akisu uh, Productions, which had done costumes mm-hmm. for many of Toei's superhero TV shows like Super Sentai and Kamen Rider uh, from the from that t- same time period. So, um, yeah. But yeah, there definitely was a budget. There was definitely money put into this. There was definitely care 
put into this, which is something that I enjoy. You know, like we talk about, like, I don't like dumb movies that are being dumb for dumb's sake, but I like. Oh, no, this movie was very earnest. Yeah, I like that. I like movies where you obviously can tell they were trying to make a good movie. And and, and I think in some ways they succeeded with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, one person that liked this movie a lot, and I was very surprised to find out, was Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. Oh, yeah. Reviewed I know. This yeah. Back in the 70s. <laughs> And I love his his like the way he describes it. So so this is this is what <laughs> how he describes it. He says within the first four minutes of Inframan, a giant flying lizard attacks a school bus. The earth cracks open. Hong Kong is destroyed by flames. Mountains disintegrate to reveal the forms of reptilian monsters with blinking yellow eyes. The professor announces that a twenty million year old woman is unleashing the hibernating monsters upon civilization. The science head- headquarters is shaken by a second quake. And then the mutants awaken and attack. That's in the first yes. four minutes of this movie. <laughs> well, it's more like the first 10 minutes of this movie. No, that's um, the first four minutes. I- <laughs> that is, this stuff happens so stinking fast. What the heck? It was like, I mean, I, I love movies that don't waste my time. And I, we talked about this last week whenever we reviewed 98. And I like movies that don't waste my time. Right. And that just kind of get right down to what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And my God, this yeah. movie got down to exactly what it was supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you immediately know what the threat is because Dragon Mama uh, shows up in the first uh, four minutes. Dragon Mama. So, Dragon Mama. Dragon I mean, that's Hot what, Mama. Dragon Hot Mama. That's what we're going to call her because that is, I mean, her, her, I don't, I forget what her, uh, what the name was in Chinese, but, but in the, in the dub, it was Princess Dragon Mom. So we're just going to call yes. her uh, Hot Dragon Mama. <laughs> Yep. <clears throat> She's one hot dragon mama. She... Wow. <laughs> so, uh, um, this being a Shaw Brothers film, uh, and we're in our likes and dislikes, and we're doing our positivity sandwich, so we're starting with our positives. Uh, this being a Shaw Brothers sure. film, you definitely expect there to be great kung fu action. And I think yeah, the, the, cor- the, the, the fight choreography is great. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that the stunt work was definitely great. I think that the uh, the amount of movement that the that the Inframan suit and the monster suits have is really surprising. Like they do a lot of stunts and and movements and stuff that uh like I'm surprised they had that range of movement in those suits. Oh, me yeah, same. Cuz there was there was moments uh there was there was that moment where uh um Dragon Mama brings out all of her minions and I'm like, okay, these fights are going to be really stiff because there is no way, especially rock dude over there. There's no way that rock dude can move in that suit. I'm like, well, okay, I guess rock dude can move in that suit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) I love the variety of the monsters too. Like we don't get just one or two monsters for being just a movie and not like an actual series. We actually get a good variety of monsters in this. Uh, yeah, it's what makes this a very like I think you mentioned it. It's it's like an extended Sentai. It's an ex, it's a, like it's sort of like an extended Sentai show. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's what this that's what this feels like. It feels like if you if you watch the original Ultraman or, or you know even the Ultraman from the 70s, uh, if you watch Kamen Rider, if you watch Super Sentai, this feels like that, but just an hour and a half long. Right. Um, I even compared this uh, when I was talking to to Nathan about it. I compared this to uh, to the uh, the Japanese Spider Man, Spider-Man, uh, in that. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not the most brilliant thing ever made, but it's fun. It is darn fun to watch, and that is how I feel about the Spider-Man. Like it's not the most brilliant. Uh, henshin hero show it's not the most interesting spider-man show i've ever seen but it is darn fun and so yeah that's just that's what i think that's what this show this this movie is it's just fun um i have a i have a note written here um that's just squish oh (laughs) (laughs) help me help me no no yep uh, I thought they were just gonna. I thought they were just gonna show the foot coming down, and then that was gonna be it. You were just gonna supposed to get the impression that he squished him. No, they show the monster getting squished in green goo going everywhere. <laughs> and it, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. Great. Honestly, I wish I wish there was more of those those random like let's grow giant size scenes in mm-hmm. this. Uh, but they made the best of the one we got yeah yeah this is just this movie is so campy it's so campy no it's it's it is campy it's 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 very much camp um if you're used to something like ultraman like the early ultraman and early sentai and uh uh, early common writer i don't know well i don't know how campy early common writer was oh yeah Um, it was campy it had camp to it okay if you're if you're used to that and you enjoy that kind of thing, go watch this movie, please. Oh yeah, go if watch you watch movie. if you've watched the 1966 Batman movie, uh, watch this one oh, too because no. this is about at the same level as that. <laughs> this is like not only just quality of like costumes and everything is about the same. Uh-huh. The quality of acting is about the same, and yeah, it's yeah. just as much fun. <laughs> Oh no, it's it's a ton of fun. It, I had a lot. I, like I honestly had a lot of fun with this movie. I had a lot of fun with this movie. This is a very rewatchable film, and I know of one other person right now. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of them right now that I'm going to show this to at some point. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Um, is there any other positives that you wanted to share before we start sharing some of our negatives? Uh, yeah, let's see. Um, I mean, this is a random positive, but I think it goes back into what we were talking about with like the set design and things. That is the most villainous villain layer that has ever been created for a villain. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, okay. I mean, go ahead. No, no, you, you go ahead. Finish your thought. I was just going to say, uh, no, I was going to say was you've got, you've got the, the desk, that big gold desk. Mm-hmm. You've got... You've got the tapestries in the back with like all the really weird kind of geometric paintings. You've got the the skulls and the dragon heads and all this other stuff going on. It is a they spent some money on that set. All I'm they spent some money on this entire movie. And I know I don't know I can't remember what the budget is. I'm gonna have to look this up before it's over with. 
to see what the budget for this film is. But they spent some serious uh, uh, yen on this movie to get it made because that set, especially the set for the villain, uh, especially the set for a hot dragon mama um, is very elaborate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's very over the top. I love a good over the top villain and she's one of them. I I think hot dragon mama is one of my, is, is a really good villain is a really good villain because she is just kind of over the top. Yeah. She's very over the top in that Rita repulsa kind of way. And it's, it is very Mm -hmm. great. Um, we keep talking about hot dragon mama, but we don't talk about the, the, uh, hot dragon general <laughs> that she also has. Oh, um, uh, uh, what is her name? Uh, demon? No. Demoness? The no, uh, demoness? Or Don, something like that. Something. Uh, it's something. It's something. And I cannot remember it. I'm sorry that it escapes me, but yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the age demographic for this movie was supposed to be. I'm assuming it was supposed to be for kids um, because that's what a lot of these types of shows were geared towards at the time were, were children. Uh, I said this about, um, I said this about the, uh, the Sentai villain in Ginga man. When I texted you when I was watching Ginga man and I said, she is way too, she is way too sexy for a kid show. And um, same with, with, uh, the demon lady in this. Yeah. One. Yeah. Um, they got to appeal to the, to the, uh, the dads. They're taking their kids. Yeah. To they got to get, da- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got to get the dads in the, in the seats to bring their kids. So it's like, Oh, you know, my kid's going to enjoy the, the, the Kung Fu and I'm just going to sit here and enjoy the dragon lady. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Let's get into some negatives because we, like I said, we do our positivity sandwich. We, we start with some positives. We do talk about some negatives and then we end end on some positives. So what are some negatives that you might have for this movie? So, so basically did the military just not even try? (laughs) They they just didn't even, they just didn't even try. Cause I think there's that one line uh, I think it's it's either in the boardroom or we're or we're back at the secret base, and um, he's I think I think it's the professor that says, yes, the military would not be able to stop her. There's no there's no sense in trying, or there's no use in trying, or something like that. I'm like, you're not even gonna try though. Like in yeah. every movie like this, there's always like that sequence of military generals and military personnel gearing up for war against the aliens. But we didn't get that at all here. And I, and I, and I don't know if it's a negative or if it's just something that struck me as weird, but I guess, I guess they just didn't even try or, I mean, or why, the did mili- the mili- why did the military have to try The scientist had a robot man just hiding in his closet somewhere, you know, ready yeah, to but go. It, so. <laughs> Yeah, but that hasn't but that hasn't stopped them before. That hasn't stopped any of them. That hasn't stopped the the military before in any other movie we've watched. True. Even if there is a even if there is a special quote unquote a special weapon or a special uh, uh, a special hero that's supposed to be the be all end all savior, um, you know the military at least tries. I feel like they were all just kind of sitting at home thinking, "Yep, okay, we're just going to let Inframan take care of it. That's cool. Yeah, okay, yeah." Um. The the suspension of disbelief for Inframan's origin um, is a bit too much, even for even for a movie like this. For me, a little, 
a little, uh, yeah. Because like, I, oh, and 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 we talk about, and and I, 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 this is the second time I'm bringing this up, but my uh, my other podcast uh, that I just started with Nathan from the Monster Island Film Vault, where we talk about Henshin heroes. We're going through uh, the original Common Rider series currently, and uh, we talk about on one of our episodes how. One of the things that uh, Ishinomori, who created uh, Common Rider, how he uh, he liked to connect heroes' uh, origins with the villains' origins. So, mm-hmm. like Common Rider, the original Common Rider, his origin is that he was captured by the villain and transformed into a cyborg to be used for evil, but he was able to escape before he was brainwashed. And so now he uses that power to stop the villains. And even with right. something like Ultraman, I kind of like the old, you know, the original Ultraman origin where, you know, there's the, the plane crashes into, you know, Ultraman's ship and he feels sorry. Cause he accidentally killed um, Hayata. And so he's going to, you know, help bring Hayata back to life by giving him his power. And so they merge into the same being. And so now Hayata has the power of Ultraman, all of that. The, the, the origin story for Inferman is the scientist had these parts in his closet and he's like, okay, um, you, I pick you random guy standing in the corner. <laughs> and I mean, and then that's it. That's basically it. I mean that, I mean, yeah, there was no, there was no, like, there was no special, uh, there was really nothing special about the guy that wound up being old, that Ultraman that wound up being Inframan because in all these Henshin shows, <clears throat> There winds up being some special quality about the main hero, uh, whether it's his in, it's courage, his heart, his something. Uh, no, it's just some guy that he said, "Hey, you, you'll do. We're gonna make you Inferman." Yeah. And I mean, I guess he has been working with him, so I guess this guy we're supposed to believe that this guy has a you know a track record of being a good person, but. It is one of those things that we don't see him doing any heroic stuff prior to being transformed into Inferman. So we're just introduced to this character <clears throat> as he's the guy that's going to be turned into Inferman. And I, I would like to have kind of like had some setup, some better setup yeah. to that instead of just like, yeah, I have these, I have these cyborg parts in my, in my closet. Um, Here you go. <laughs> yeah. In my notes to, in my notes too, and I found out later I was wrong what I was missing. But in my notes, I wrote down that so, so apparently, Inframan is supposed to be top secret. But then he appears and like, oh my god, it's Inframan! I'm like, how do people know who Inframan is? Yeah, like, yeah, just got here. That confused me at first too. Like, how did everybody know? But it wasn't everybody. It just happened to be those people who were related to the professor yeah it was the professor's kids yeah right yeah yeah, professor's kids because we yeah we learned later on that the professor's wife is passed away at this point Mm -hmm. yeah um they are probably one of the biggest negatives i have for this movie (laughs) well they don't you don't see them a whole lot and you don't uh, see them a whole lot but there is that whole mid is uh that mid level uh mid 
way through the movie uh, plot of them getting kidnapped and uh, TNT being placed and, and them nearly exploding. There was also that there was also that plot line that never got followed up on too. Was the two kids discover the cave? Yeah, that's what that I'm talking about. Never. So- that never is that what you're talking about too? Because it never got followed up on. Like they they find the cave and they say, "Oh, the monsters must be in there," but they don't go anywhere. The isn't that isn't that where one of the kids? Yeah, no, because the the boy goes in there and he finds the the uh, he finds the brainwashed uh, member of the team and the rock monster are placing explosives, and so they they capture him and tie him up and then the mom or our older sister i guess she's the older sister uh goes in after him and then she gets kidnapped and held there and so then inframan goes and uh saves them uh before the tnt oh, I, must they been, like- I must i must have been grabbing a drink at that point because i didn't see that yeah yeah so that that's the plot i was talking about with the explosion and everything they were going to okay uh blow blow them up and everything and then uh inframan goes and he grabs the the tnt right before the fuse runs out and just launches it straight up into the air and it explodes up into the air so uh yeah uh but uh yeah no they were those characters were kind of the most annoying part but they weren't like you said they weren't in it much but they we were in it no, enough they they were in it enough. <laughs> <laughs> they were in it. They were in it the appropriate amount of time before it got annoying. Uh, no, I beg to differ. They were in it. Uh, <laughs> they, I was, I was thoroughly annoyed. Um, <laughs> uh, one of my negatives for this movie is I, I'm kind of torn on it because a lot of this movie looks really good. Like the suits, some it of the does. special effects, some of it looks really, gr- really great. Then there are also moments where it doesn't look so good. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's moments like where Inframan is flying. Uh, there's the lasers that he shoots out. Uh, there's, uh, there's a, there's a really weird shot where the, um, tentacle monster is like sinking into the ground and it's obviously just a toy that they're just pulling like yes you know, it's, yes it's some of it's some of it's really really rough and it's made worse they, they obviously cut corners they obviously had to cut corners or cut corners on purpose uh not they they obviously cut corners in places uh, right for this movie right and it's not like it's not like the giant claw where uh, the budget is being shown how bad it was throughout the whole movie. This is, it's just little moments. And I think that kind of makes them stand out more than if the whole movie was kind of low budget, because you do have really great scenes and you're kind of swept up in how, Oh, how this actually looks really good for the time. And then also, then all of a sudden you get these kind of ones that look kind of bad. And then it's like, Oh no. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know which one I prefer more one. That's just like, really really low budget to the point that every scene looks horrible (laughs) or uh a movie that's mostly good but there's a few scenes that really stand out because they're just so bad that's why Mm -hmm. i'm kind of torn i think it's i think it's a case of 
being surprised. I think it's it's a case of being surprised how good this movie is or good this movie looks uh, for its time period. And then when you have those moments, they stand out more because it doesn't quite look consistent with the rest of the movie. Right. Yeah. And I wonder if it has to do with the fact that a lot of the like the sets and the suits and stuff, like we said, were designed and built by a Japanese company that had was already working in that kind of uh field and then maybe these other effects that don't look so great were the were the hong kong side um doing it and so that's why there's kind possible. of possible inconsistency there that's possible i mean that would make some sense that would actually make some sense yeah um but that's pretty much it as far as my negatives i don't really have that many negatives for it but that those no are the, i don't the big ones yeah, those are the big ones for me, too. Uh, I'm just kind of skimming through my notes here. Uh, military, uh, top secret, but not top secret. Um, oh, um, the character that got brainwashed. He walks in, and they obviously, they're like, you don't look so good. Like, yeah, he yeah. doesn't look so good. Um, like, oh, maybe you just need to go lie down. Maybe Like, it's this whole, you just, we know you just got captured, we know you just got captured because they said, we know you got captured by, by Princess right. Dragon Mom. Uh-huh. But you're Mama. back here now, dra- Hot Dragon Mama. And you're back here now, so we're just going to go have you take a nap yeah. by yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe That's fine. Um, maybe you want to kind of look at him and, and make sure he's okay. Uh, maybe have a doctor kind of examine him a little bit. I don't know. I mean, it was the seventies. I mean, this is, this is an era before seatbelts. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So. Uh, th- yeah, this is very true. He's like, cause he, I think he even says, I just bumped my head. I'm okay. Yeah. Like, oh okay. yeah. All right. That's fine. Yeah. Just cause you, you're walking in here looking like a zombie. That's, that's fine. You're good. Uh, Going back to some positives, though, I do like that not all of the other human characters as in that kind of science team, the science, basically the science patrol of this of this uh, of this movie, uh, that they they didn't they weren't useless, like they could hold their own and they they actually served a purpose mm. and actually did some good. Like yeah. that character who was brainwashed even before he was was it was it him or no it wasn't him it was another character that they were trying to capture and uh and the uh, the rest of the team shows up and he was like holding his own for a little while before the rest of the team showed up and then you know the rest of the team shows up Inferman comes and everything but like they they can handle themselves and i like that they the team isn't just a useless uh helpless kind of like good for nothing serves no purpose type thing like they actually had a purpose yeah, they they didn't seem helpless. They didn't seem like, oh, we're just going to sit back and let Inframan take care of it because we we don't want to or can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. We actually like they actually tried. You know, yeah. they actually tried. So I guess I guess that actually makes up for the fact that the military was lazy in this one, right? Um, because we actually got a science patrol. Uh, well, not the science, uh, not science patrol right. in this uh, that actually was capable. Yeah, and it's one of those things that it's one of the reasons why I really like the one of the things I like about the original Ultraman is that the Science Patrol is just as important as Ultraman 
like Ultraman is, yeah, he is the one that comes and saves the day a lot of times, but the science patrol is not right. useless. They do a lot of things on their own. And so that's, yeah, it's one of the things I really right. like about them. Um, I wanted to ask you, which of the monsters that we saw <laughs> was your favorite? Um, you know, I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'm going to go with the twin, the twin, um, uh, uh, like what are they called? the Mason balls. Yeah. The, yeah. The Mace ball, the Mace head, the twin Mace head robots. Yeah. yeah. The spiky boys. Um, I like those. Yeah. I like those. I think that, I think the effects on those were great. Uh, I think it was pretty well executed. Um, you know, uh, you could not see the strings attached to their heads and their arms as much as some of the other creatures when they're doing like the flight, when they're doing like the jump, when they're doing like the jump acrobatics and things. Mm -hmm. Um, I like those. Um, I, I like the suit on princess dragon, hot mama. Um, I liked her dragon form suit. Mm -hmm. I think it looked pretty good. Um, not sure about the, not sure about the wet, the red Wookiee. Uh, I guess that's what I'm calling it is the red yeah. Wookiee. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me of, and I just watched, uh, cause I'm, I'm going through die Ranger right now. And it reminds me of a, a, a monster in die Ranger. Do you remember in the power Rangers franchise, the Scarlet Sentinel, uh, in season the giant fist that shows up when, when Tommy becomes the white Ranger. Right, right. Okay. Yes, 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 I do. Okay. So it kind of reminded me of that, but with just a really ugly wig on top of it. It kind of reminded so, me of the hairy monster from the original Ultraman. Oh, woo. Who? Is it woo? Who? Who? Is it who or woo? Who? I just, I, I just, <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, hot dragon mama. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, yeah, I think you're. I think woo. you're closer with that. It's woo. <laughs> that was just an attempt at a really dumb joke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I, like he does remind me a little bit of that one, that that creature too. Uh, but no, you're right. Like I, 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 yeah, I can see it. I see where you're coming from. My favorite monster is the tentacle slash vine monster. Uh, I really well, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me that doesn't surprise me at all and I, I'm not trying to be facetious because that's probably I think I put I put it in my notes that whole sequence of events was probably the best say ten minutes of the entire movie yeah it also was the only part that had a plot because <laughs> it's like oh they actually have a plan <laughs> like the the science team is the the princess uh, hot princess mama uh, is. Uh, is worried that the science team is going to be like uh, watching them and learning their secrets. So she's like, you have to go and attack them and destroy them and, and stop them from, you know, eavesdropping on us. And, and so it's, they, she sends the monsters to destroy it. And, and the vine monster, not only does he have a really great suit design, like the kind of like almost like a Rito Repulso or Rito, whatever his name is, uh, Rita, Rita Revolto. Revolto, yeah. Uh, the He almost has that kind of skull shape kind of in his face. But also mm -hmm. when he turns into just the big vines and the big vines are crashing through the whole thing, that whole sequence is so much fun. The Like, it looks great. 
the the stunt work of the, the vines picking up some of the science patrol guys and tossing them around the room and everything was so much fun. Them having to take a saw and like saw through one of the tentacles was so cool. And also it was, it also added some, um, some danger and kind of like intensity during the operating sequence where they're turning the main the main character into inframan because he's on the operating table when the power goes out and he's going to die and so they have to try to flip the lever before he dies and stuff while the tentacles are right and i i would have probably altered that scene just a little bit like because at the same time this is going on when inframan wakes up like skip the whole introduction just go 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 your your friends need you we'll go over this later you know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff um and just see what happens like that's what that's what i expected to happen but no they had the, the professor said this is what this is what your powers are you are now the mightiest warrior of all the, in all the world no one can defeat you um you can see okay, through walls so and 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 he looked through the walls and saw, oh yeah, I can see what's happening on the other side. My friends are being attacked by a giant uh, green thumb. <laughs> ho ho ho! Green giant. Uh, so yeah, but I still think yeah, you're right. I think that is like probably the best ten minutes of the whole thing, and that is my favorite monster. I think that that monster just works so well. I, I I'm a sucker for well, a thank giant you. plant monster. Well, I was gonna say because when we reviewed um, when we reviewed a couple of episodes of Ultraman, the original series, I think you like Green Mons a lot mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, I, I am. I am. I am a sucker for kind of the plant monster. Uh, I mean, you know, Biolante is one of my favorites. Uh, I really like uh, uh, you know the um, Little Shop of Horrors, of course, and stuff. So yeah, I just I have a soft spot for for uh, plant monsters, and this is kind of a I guess Feed he's a plant monster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming so. I'm assuming so. At, at first, I <coughs> thought he was supposed to be like a like a green octopus, something like a green mm-hmm. squid thing. But I think he. I think you. I think you're right. I think he was meant to be a plant. He almost looks like, looks like the uh, what's it what's its name? Uh, Oogie Boogie from uh, from Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah it does look like Oogie Boogie. <laughs> uh, the other, the only other thing that I really positive thing that i wanted to say about this is i liked the brainwashing scene where they have to hook the character up to the machine and they like show in the like you see him in the in the chair but you also see in the background a a scan of his brain and it like animates and shows like them slowly converting it and everything I, i thought that was a really cool scene yeah, and there was a—I mean, there was some there was some science mumbo jumbo there, but there's science mumbo jumbo in all of these types of movies. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I thought that was really well done. What I thought that was really well done as well. Yeah. Uh, any other uh, positives you want to do before we finish up uh, and move on to our scores? Uh, you know, you can honestly tell this was made by the Shaw brothers because um, because like we said, the fight choreography was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the special effects, although inconsistent in in moments overall were solid for Mm -hmm. a movie like this or for a movie like i'm assuming this was an independent film i have no idea or no the shaw brothers Brothers. no yeah no they're not considered independent um uh 
this is not really a like or a dislike, but just just a question I, ha I had to ask myself. And I'll ask you, how many slices does it take to get the head off of a hot dragon mama? <laughs> Too many, apparently. I counted eight. <laughs> I counted eight. Eight slices it took. Well, actually, it didn't even take eight because he just gave up. And I'm thinking, why didn't you do that to begin with and use the Thunder Fist instead of just going through the whole process? When you found out that her head could grow back, that's when you switch to your more powerful weapon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, man. It's this, this movie. This movie is fun. It's dumb and it's fun. <laughs> It is. No, it is. I had a, I had a good time. Seriously. I had a really good time with this and I'm so, I'm so grateful uh, because I don't think we, I don't think we talked about it at the top of the show was this was a part of our guilty pleasures month. And this was actually one of the movies that our uh, listeners voted for us to watch and talk about. So I'm yeah. really thankful that they did that because this was a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh listener, if you tried to torment us by making us watch this movie, um, Joke's on you. We enjoyed it. <laughs> no. And uh, I think it goes back to what I was saying last. And I think uh -huh. it goes back to what we were talking about last week was to us, to you and me, there are really no guilty pleasures. Right. Because we enjoy, we can enjoy films. Uh, we can enjoy all films on some level. There are very, it's very rare that we, we come across a movie that we absolutely just hate. Right. Uh, like Monster Hunter. Um, yeah. But that I dig, but there's but there were good things about Monster Hunter too. For people who mm. love Monster Hunter, there are good things about Monster Hunter. Cat Chef. Go, no, we're not going to Cat Chef. Eh, yeah, Cat Chef. Cat, Cat Chef. Chef. Cat Chef was great. Woo. Okay. But uh, um, but but yeah, this is one of those movies. It's like it's it's campy. It's cheesy. It's fun. Uh, it's not for everybody. Um. So I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I enjoyed it. You want that to be your final thoughts? <laughs> um yeah sure no, it's it's campy I mean, I mean, it's cheesy it's it's fun yeah it, it, that's really all i can say about it is it's it's just a lot of fun to to watch i mean it's it's unique yeah um it's it's unique but not unique at the same time because it uses the same tropes as things that came before it or things that were around at that time like ultraman sentai and common Rider. right but it does them in such a interesting sort of fantastical over-the-top way you can't help but really enjoy uh, the charm of this movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, the, this movie is absolutely inspired heavily and even rips off in certain points, uh, like the laser that he shoots, um, Ultraman and Kamen Rider and Super Sentai. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's what I wrote down in my notes too. Was what is that a spacium beam? Yeah, that, did I just see a spacium beam? That was a spacium beam. <laughs> um, but there is a lot of charm in it, and I think that's one of the things. Like, like the, the, there are plenty of terrible movies out there that are just terrible and and dreary and hard to watch. And this is just not one of them. Mm -hmm. This is not hard to watch. It's it's dumb and cheesy and campy but it is a lot of fun and there's a lot of charm to it. And so I, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. 
Um, so we can go ahead and get into our Godzuki score. So for anybody who is new to the podcast, we like to rate our movies out of five Godzukis, which is Godzilla's bumbling nephew from the Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Uh, and we do that because we like to embrace the silly side of giant monster movies. And so we use the great Godzuki as our yardstick in rating these movies. So, Michael, out of five Godzukis. How many Godzukis do you give Super Inframan? You know, I'm going to have to give this, I'm going to have to give this, I'm going to give this a 3.5 out of 5, mainly because of how much I had fun with it. If mm-hmm. I'm able, and I, and I talked about this last week too, uh, if I'm able to have fun with a movie, it automatically ranks a little bit higher for me. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was, and I had a lot of fun with this one. I really did, and that's why it's getting, that's why it's getting a three and a half out of five. Yeah, it's like I always say, like the bottom line, strip away all the artistic expression and all of the themes and deeper meaning that movies can can have. Bottom line, movies are an entertainment source, and if they entertain you, then they've done their job, and and this movie is right. entertaining and has entertained us, so it's done its job. Yes. Yeah, uh, for me, my Godzuki score is a respectable three out of five. Um, I I find it it respectable. I find it uh, funny that Roger Ebert gave this such a glowing review. You know, he was such a fan of uh, fun monster movies and he was a fan of Kung Fu movies. So this uh, this really was right up his alley. Um, I encourage anyone to go and read his review because it is a lot of fun reading his review, knowing that, you know, he, how he is with some movies and how critical he is of some movies, reading how much fun he had with this movie and just how much he just is gushing over it and loves it so much. Uh, it, it was great. And, uh, but he did give it a three out of four. And so I can't really argue with Roger Ebert. That's why I'm giving it a three uh, myself. Um, I, I do want to say though, there are some really great moments in this movie that rival anything, even an Ultraman and Common Rider, like we said. But there's also some really hard to ignore seams that kind of make me shake my head at it. So mm-hmm. don't go into this movie. Wait, are you saying are you saying seams as in like suit seams or scenes? Uh, I'm saying yes, yeah, scenes in the movie. Seams as in like uh, uh, like a like a shirt seam. Ah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, just like want to make sure because I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell what you were saying there. Yeah, you can kind of see the seams in this movie in certain places, and it kind of makes me shake right. my head at it sometimes. Um, but that being said, like we said, it's entertaining, and that's all the movie. That's all you can ask from a movie. Um, it's not something I'd recommend to every kaiju fan. I think that I don't think every kaiju fan and every tokusatsu fan would enjoy this movie. But I think that if you are the type of person that likes the Showa era of Ultraman and or if you like the 1970s era of of Godzilla like that, like that uh, Jun Fukuda era of Godzilla, uh, Godzilla Mm -hmm. versus Gigan or Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, you know, things like that. I think you might enjoy this movie. So if you are that type of person, go check out Inframan because it is uh, super Inframan. It is, it is, I think you'd enjoy it if, if that is your type of stuff. If it's not, if you like, you know, something with a little bit more substance and a little bit more effort 
put into the plot, uh, don't check it out because it's probably not for you. No, go watch Sentai. I've been watching a lot of Sentai, so I'm going to speak. Th- I'm going to sing the praises of Sentai for. And I know it's something I never thought. I know it's something you'd never hear me say, but I'm going to sing the praises of Sentai. If you want something a little bit more serious, go watch Sentai. Yeah, go watch Common Rider. <laughs> me and you both are just going to be going back and forth with Common Rider, Sentai, Common Rider, Sentai. <laughs> <laughs> Super Sentai. Um, so that closes the book on Super Inframan, and we're going to get into the next section. Do you know what the next section is, Michael? I believe it's the mailbag. The mailbag. What's in the mail today? And if you would like to send us a letter to read out, you can do that by sending it to kaijuweekly at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at kaijuweekly like the two people that we're going to read out today did because we have a couple of tweets that we're going to read out. Uh, Awesome. The the first one comes uh, actually not to Kaiju Weekly, but to Kaiju Ramen. But I decided to read it out on Kaiju Weekly because I know that that's fair. uh, This person uh, that listens to the podcast. And so maybe they'll be listening to this episode and they can hear it. Um, This comes from Jeff Owen, who his has been in contact with us quite a bit because his son Alex is a fan of our show is a fan of the magazine uh his son Alex mm-hmm. was is 11 years old or 12 I, I can't remember exactly how old he is now uh, I'm gonna say he was he was 11 the last time we heard from him right. um I'm gonna assume he's still 11 unless he's had a birthday and if you've had a birthday Alex happy birthday uh, so yeah so Alex uh his dad Jeff uh his, sent in uh, a thing saying he had to show us this line that was sent to him from his uh, teacher, from Alex's teacher in his school report. And in his school report, his teacher said, I have enjoyed learning more about Godzilla. So apparently Alex is talking <laughs> a lot about Godzilla in school to his teachers. And all I got to say is Alex, keep up the good work. Keep it up, man. Alex, Yes. Hey, I will say this. I was having I was having a really bad day the other day, and I think you sent this to me, and I instantly perked right up because to know that there is a kid out there that has been influenced by uh, you know what we've talked about and the work we put into the magazine that's fantastic. That that actually makes it all worth it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so keep it up, Alex. Uh, we love hearing from you and your dad. Uh, and uh, we're hoping that you're going to enjoy the next issue of the magazine because I know you're you get I think uh, you're signed up to get uh, all of them for this year. So so yeah, uh, keep keep letting us know what you what you how you're doing and what you think of the magazine. Uh, the next tweet I'm going to read out is from LC underscore Gatsu. Uh, who said at Kaiju Weekly, do you guys ever plan on covering the original Gamera film? Would love to hear your guys take on it. Uh, and this uh, this was sent to us for a while back, but I was trying to save it. Uh, I didn't answer them directly on Twitter because I was trying to save it for the podcast to talk about. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, Michael, we haven't really done a lot of Gamera films uh, other than we did our Gamera 101. We did Gamera versus Gauss and Gamera Guardian of the Universe. And that's pretty much all we've done as, so far with Gamera. Um, yeah, I mean that's it's it, it's kind of weird because I think we've got 
Uh, we've got maybe um, close to 10 or so. Maybe 10, Maybe we're at 10 Godzilla films so far. Um, we've really not focused in on a lot of Godzilla stuff as, you know, like a lot of other podcasts do. So we try to kind of cover everything, but yeah, Gamera's kind of, um, Gamera's kind of those ones that kind of just kind of, we over, we tend to overlook and we shouldn't, I agree with what they're saying. And yeah, uh, I know we have a, I know we have a Gamera film coming up soon, but it's Mm -hmm. not the original from 65. Right. Uh, I would like to do the original from, no, I would like to do the original from 65 sometime soon because uh, I don't listen to the haters. It's actually a fun movie. Um, yeah, I mean, we should do that sometime, like really soon, maybe yeah. next month or what is it? What it we're booked uh, up. I think we're I think we're booked up for the rest of this month. We can maybe fit it in next month. I think maybe. Maybe. Um, well, actually, you know what, Elsie uh, Gatsu, if uh, if you are listening to this, uh, and I hope you are because we're answering your t- uh, tweet, but um, we have a month coming up. When When is uh, Listener's Choice Month? When is that? When are we doing Listener's that? Choice? Uh, Listener's Choice Month is, I will tell you in just a second, as soon as I pull up um, my doc, my handy dandy Google document here. Uh, Listener's Choice Month actually happens in August. It's next month. Oh, it's yeah, next it's month. Next okay. Month. Yeah. Okay. So, so next month we're doing listener, uh, listener's choice. So people can start submitting, uh, what movies they would like us to cover. And we're going to take the ones, the most popular ones, probably the ones that we, um, the ones we get the most of. We may even put a few of them up to vote. Uh, but that is definitely one that you can suggest for, for listeners choice. Um, we can even put it, we can go ahead and put it in the, in the running for it because he, he it was suggested by a listener. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to, yeah, we've covered, actually, we've never covered the original Gojira too either. We might, that actually might be fun to do at some point to do a back to back, the original Gojira, the original Gojira and the original Gamera and compare and contrast. I don't know. Just an idea. Yeah, we have done the original Kong, uh, King Kong, uh, but we have not done have. the original Gojira, and we haven't done uh, we haven't done the original Gamera. Um, but but yeah, really, we we haven't we haven't purposely ignored the Gamera films. It's just there is so much uh, kaiju content out there, and we tried to be very um, diverse. In, in our selection, we try not to, spe- you know, specialize in, in one specific area. We, uh, we, yeah, we always talk about like, it's the, uh, this podcast is introducing you to the wide world of giant monster movies. And, and so we try to gather stuff from all over and, uh, and not just focus in on just the Japanese stuff or just the, the, the big ones that everybody recognizes, but you're right. Unintentionally in doing that, we have kind of ignored uh gamma a little bit and so we're going to rectify that very soon uh but yeah that's that's it for the mailbag so like i said if you want to send us something to be read out on the podcast please do that please we'd love to hear from you uh you can do that by sending it to kaijuweekly at gmail.com or at kaijuweekly on twitter and so the only thing to do for this episode is to say the trivia question for next week's episode. And uh, this is very timely because of what we just talked about, but 
the trivia question for next week is which kaiju film was originally supposed to feature a monster named manga but was swapped for a more budget-friendly option hmm i didn't actually know i actually didn't know that yep Yep, and we'll talk about that more next week when we cover. And we're continuing Guilty Pleasures Month, and this is another movie that was voted on by our listeners on Twitter. Uh, we put up a, a poll on what Guilty Pleasures they would like us to cover, and they voted on this one. So if you voted on it and you paid attention to the poll, then you already know what movie we're talking about and we're going to cover next week. But we're looking forward to it. If and you're then, a true fan of the, If you're a true fan of the show... Yeah, you'll know what we're talking about next week. Yeah, we only like the true fans of Kaiju Weekly. <laughs> 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 I couldn't even get through it with a straight face. <laughs> so, oh, uh, I think that's gonna do it for this week's episode. So, to finish out this episode, I'm gonna say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly. Uh, you can reach us uh, on there. You could also check out uh, at Kaiju underscore ramen. That is for the uh, magazine that we do. Uh, all the links to our yep. social media, as well as for the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, are listed in the description of this episode. You can send your questions, your comments, and your answers to our trivia questions to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. Uh, we also want to say a big thank you to everyone who has supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine so far. I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now, Michael, but the magazine, the next issue is coming. It's on it its is way. coming. It is coming. There's a little bit, there's a little bit more work to do, but it is coming. It is coming. In fact, I actually worked on it a little bit today. Yay. I worked on some layout stuff today. So yay. Uh, I think we're, I think we're on schedule. All right. Hopefully. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, if you want to know more about the magazine and check out, uh, you can check out the website, Kaiju ramen magazine.com. Uh, and if you want to help support this podcast, because you found some enjoyment, something beneficial, you got some good feels from this podcast. You can also support us by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Kaiju weekly pod and giving us any little bit of help, uh, the, you know, that you feel like you want to, uh, because it supports our work. It supports the equipment that we use. It supports all of the growing costs that come from running a podcast and running a website and running a magazine. And it even supports us uh, because sometimes it's very hard to find these movies uh, online or on streaming. Mm -hmm. And we always, we try, we, let me just say, we, we try to find legal ways to watch the movies that we cover. Uh, but sometimes you got, sometimes we have to buy physical media uh, yeah. to track. Sometimes you have to track down the physical media release to these films. And sometimes it's not cheap. So that Patreon does help. Yep. It sure. It certainly does. Uh, yeah. And what else can they do, Michael? And they can also, uh, show their support to the show by heading on over to Apple podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. You can tell it, you can say whatever you want to in the comments, but make it five stars worth. And we promise we will read that feedback on a future episode. And what that's going to do is that's going to put this show in front of other Kaiju, Tokusatsu, uh, Henshin hero, uh, campy film genre, goodness fans, just like you uh, so that we can continue to do the show and we can continue to bring you guys uh, fun discussions on some of these films. Yeah. And so 
to close out this episode, I'm going to say help control the inframan population. Have your uh, hot dragon mamas spayed or neutered. Dragon you know, mama, I would, check it to see. I, I got a family of 103. Come on, is, baby, is it fair to say do more than dance? Dragon mama, dragon hot mama, mama. Hot mama. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>